Are you ready to rewind? Take a nostalgia-filled ride back to a simpler time. It's Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And now your hosts, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 38 of Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. Today, we're talking about the very short-lived Chevy Chase show. Uh, my name is Joe Morata, alongside Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? All I have to say about this is what? Well, Chevy yeah. Chase show? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, folks, if this happens to be your first time around and you're like, what? Acid yeah. Wash Memories. Wait, what? The Chevy Chase show? <laughs> yeah, really. What the hell are they going to talk about for an hour about that? You're going to find out. Uh, and if you've never heard us before and you're not immediately put off by what you've heard yeah. <laughs> thus far. Just switch the episode. <laughs> yeah, just switch we, the episode. Uh, we have 37 episodes available where, Quinn? In the archives. In the archives. Each week is something completely different as this week clearly is uh, from the rest of our catalog here. Well, the reason the reason we're laughing to start here is because in the 37 previous episodes that we have done, Michael Quinn, we have covered a topic that people m- knew about. People remember <laughs> fondly. Yeah, people know about whether it's what Snick or Roseanne or the Wizard of Oz yeah. last week, uh, the Mario series. This is something most people don't know existed. Yes, <laughs> and I find it to be a fascinating and cautionary tale in the perils of programming late night. We're going to talk all about that very shortly but again if you are first or even if you've been here for a while please follow us on twitter at awm podcast and join our group on facebook it is called acid wash memories on facebook about 300 and something folks will be there to talk about old stuff it's with growing you. it's growing and it's people, nice people are just getting along talking about the old stuff talking about the old stuff that's what we're there for so thank you guys for being with us here we are going to talk about the chevy chase show which was a very short-lived Late night talk show that Fox promoted in yes. 1993. The Chevy Chase Show, coming this fall to Fox. But before we do that, Quinn, I have a very important non-related question for you. What is a failure? Well, when you seek success, you may not succeed. It's not <laughs> succeeding. It's a failure. It's the opposite of success. Okay, so would you say that a show that aired for mm, 29 episodes after that much- they named a studio <laughs> after and all this? Would you say that's a success or a failure? Yeah, that's a failure. Okay, so it is relevant. All right. Well, here's the story, folks. If you've never heard of the Chevy Chase show- don't blame you. If yeah. you never watched the Chevy Chase show, hey, you're like most of America in You may have heard of Chevy Chase, but not yes. like the town or any of the, <laughs> the bank or any of that. Why did so many people decide to name things after this guy? Or the Ballad of Chevy Chase from yeah. the 1600s. Yeah. The Ballad of Chevy Chase is an English ballad. But Fox themselves was in the chase. Stop. For the late night wars. Uh, and we're going to get into that here. So in September and October of 1993, Fox aired this show which was very poorly received, uh, 29 episodes before the plug was pulled. And it's Starquin, one of the biggest names in terms of 1980s comedy. The problem was, though, it was not the 1980s anymore. No. That's uh, strike one right not here. Even, not the 1970s yeah, anymore that's, either. That's the other thing. Well, that's all the news we have for tonight. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. But this is the very short-lived story, folks, of the Chevy Chase show. Let's set the stage because we've covered late night a little bit here in the Letterman versus Leno episode and the Leno versus Conan episode. So we have a foundation for late night and those episodes are available in the archives yeah. if you want to listen to them. I do want to make mention that I, as an eight-year-old, I can't profess to have watched like full episodes. I remember two things. I remember 
all of the hoopla about this show starting because mm-hmm. I was aware through osmosis of Chevy Chase by 1993. I probably was too. Yeah. And then the other thing is that um, my grandparents were very, they always watched current TV. So okay. my grandparents are from the greatest generation. That's what it's called. I'm, that's not an opinion. And uh, no, so, it's just what it's called. That's right. like literally what it's called. They were born the in the World 20s. War II, the, the the generation that fought in the World War Two. Correct. Right. So they're the greatest. Right? The greatest generation. So they got TV when it was new, right, right. in the fifties. So they their favorite show was I Love Lucy, and then that ended. You know, they watched Mash all in the family when Avid it was followers new. Followers of television. Correct. Like, Johnny Carson, yeah, Jay Leno, when he flipped uh, to the Tonight Show, right? My grandfather, until the end of his life in 2011, he was analyzing Friends with me <laughs> and telling me how the, uh, the the dynamic wasn't right between Chandler and Joey anymore. I mean, he's once seen they got TV since the beginning. Correct. He has he has some know how on yes. how this should work. And I had the fortune of being with them five days a week for about five or six years of my life. And on Friday nights, I would stay over there, and sometimes on Mondays. And I do remember them going on about the Chevy Chase show. So I did see very transient moments. Of I can't this imagine show. your grandpa's like opinion of this. I don't think he liked it. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people did. Yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to mention that there in case you're wondering, what does this guy have? What does he know about this? I, I remember it. That's what mm-hmm. I know about it. But I'm also a bit of an aficionado for late night television, as you know, Quinn. Yes. So anyway, to set the stage. In the summer of 1993, David Letterman had performed his final show, Late Night, that's the 1230 sh- uh, over, slot. Over at NBC. Over at NBC. And obviously was moving with a lot of noise about this to CBS to go head-to-head with Jay Leno's Struggling Tonight show. Mm-hmm. So Letterman's debut was August 30th, 1993. Meanwhile, Leno's doing what he's doing. He's still getting good ratings. Arsenio Hall show still on in syndication. Still on. It's getting packed. It's getting packed. NBC is also preparing for its new late night show, the one that's going to succeed Letterman and be right after Jay Leno's Tonight Show, the unknown Conan O'Brien, and that will be debuting on September 13th. So we got two dates here. August 30th, David Letterman. September 13th, Conan O'Brien, late night. The so, networks are really, they're, they're just all over this late on. night stuff. A lot they're going like, We're on. just going to, tons of late night shows. Tons of shows. The John Stewart Show. <laughs> Family entertainment without all that classy network crap. So Fox, who, by the way, you know, was only a seven-year-old network in 1993. It's true. They it's were still young. Tracy Ullman show <laughs> yeah. era. The, the, yeah, that had only just Simpsons recently ended. New. Married with Children's, like, probably in its prime if it has one yeah like early mid 90s right early 90s probably the prime did i do think married with children had an era like in the mid 90s where like it was near the end where the episodes got even raunchier and it was actually like super fun yeah because it was just stupid it was like (laughs) surreal and weird at that point it was but fox was picking up steam at least with that show they had the simpsons they had cops which was another big one for them and they were looking to get back into this late night genre right because we had nbc and now the upstart cbs again and the last time that Fox had been in the late night war here was the fall of 1988, five years prior, when their late show was canceled. This is the one that was hosted initially by Joan Rivers yes, in 86. Joan Rivers incident. Where Carson where broke off and yep. she, Carson got all mad and yep. all this. He did not like that. Live from Fox Television Center in Hollywood, it's the late show starring Joan Rivers. And then she was let go or left the show and a couple of other people hosted it, including Arsenio, which is how he got his own show. So Fox wants back in. Bear something in mind that the last time a major network had tried to compete head-to-head with The Tonight Show, 
it was a gentleman by the name of Pat Sajak in 1989 <laughs> and 90. And uh, we talked about that. <laughs> we talked that, about that briefly. Catch the Pat Sajak show tonight. It's crap. You know what's funny about the choice of Pat Sajak? We um, talked about he, this. He hosts Wheel of Fortune. He hosts Wheel of Fortune. And, and it's not, he's not a late night. He's, he's not, not funny. He's quippy, yeah. I think is the way I put it. But that's not he's enough. He's funny in small doses. Very small. And you know, a half hour in, in syndication hosting America's Favorite you And know, it's not even the full half show. an hour that he's making jokes. It's usually just like at the beginning, the end, and maybe like to like a funny thing to a contestant. That's a good point. It's like eight minutes of humor. Might be right? like three lines. Right. The whole show. <laughs> but but what's interesting is, I th- that was an overestimation on this guy's Ted's stretching his concept a bit thin because just because you see him every day on Wheel of Fortune does not necessarily mean you want to see him a lot more late well, at night. the one thing I would imagine is maybe his producers and the people in the business who knew him behind the scenes were like, you're pretty funny. That's like, what maybe, it was. Like, maybe it was just that. Like, we should just do a whole show. Maybe he's like, maybe he, he tells jokes all the time backstage for all we know. Right. No, that's true. The failure of the Pat Sajak show to sum it up, and I'm bringing it up for a reason. I think late night, Quinn, and I know you're you're an observer of late night. You like late night shows. You've mm-hmm. had favorite shows and stuff. It comes down to, in my opinion, one main thing, and that is the host. Right. That's why you pick the one you pick. Right. The guests are the guests, right? And that right. might pop more ratings and stuff. But bottom line, to get somebody to turn on their television every night at yeah. 11 or 1130 while they're half fallen asleep, they got to probably like the guy they're so watching. The no? thing with the thing with the host is I think it's not the stature of comedian and like the funniest comedian, right? Has to be the best host. No, no. It's gotta be the most like lovable or like the one that just kind of like hits you. It's not it's it's like an intangible as compared to the oh, we can just look at the hottest comedians and just pick the most popular one and he'll be great. Right. Yeah, there's a reason why, you know, certain comedians never hosted shows. Right. Like, for example, like you could in theory when Eddie Murphy was the hottest there thing go. going, he could have hosted his own late night show, but it would probably not be good. Maybe he's not as good at that. Uh, yes. And I think it also has to be somebody you're not going to get fatigued by watching every night. And I think with Pat Sajak, his problem is there was just not enough interesting about him or his program. Right. Uh, and that's why CBS's Pat Sajak show failed. Keep that in mind as we get into Fox here. So they want their hooks in the game again. And they ask a relatively big name to host their planned show here. Dolly Parton, of yes, course. Yes, Dolly. So Dolly Parton was the original. Just, and actually, you know... What's interesting about this, they went through a person some people like a lot versus the comedy, which is what I was saying is like, so that maybe their like noses were in the right direction for like what they were looking for. Yeah, that's a good right? point. Because Dolly Parton, you could kind of see, I could see this because I've seen her as a guest on talk shows and she's very personable and very like, hey, I, I'd be friends with her. Like I, the times I've seen her on talk yeah. shows. Act like it's raining every day and wear your rubbers. <laughs> kind of makes sense she's amiable yeah she's likable you know she can she's hold her own she's not the funniest the in the world yeah. but she's she's like you could feel comfortable with her as your late night host i agree because another aspect of hosting is not just being the funniest comedian like you said but it's also you're interviewing people right to interview people successfully in my opinion as an observer more than an interviewer <laughs> You have to listen to your guests. Yeah. And you kind of have to care about what they're talking like, about. It's kind of like Rosie O'Donnell, right? Like, um, There you go. Like Rosie O'Donnell's another one where I know she was a comedian, but I, she wasn't like the funniest comedian to me. No, no, no. But I'd watched her show a couple times and I was like, she's a great host. Engaging. She's engaged. Ellen, same Ellen way. Ellen was another one. Yeah. yeah. It was on screen. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it was very lovable on screen. Right. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you. And there's a reason why I like a guy like Tony Danza had a show and it tanked because right, because it's just not. Listen, I mean, I like Tony, but Angela, yeah. you but know, Tony's usually reading scripts, right, and stuff like he that he's just not that guy. He might be the boss. It, it, it's very. We'll have to have a whole episode about like who was the boss and right. <laughs> there's like. Let's get Alyssa on for that there, one. There's very like debatable points within the series where you're like, I'm not sure. Is it Judith Light or is it Tony Danza? But it also might be the grandma. Mona? Yeah, Mona sometimes bosses it up. It's not Samantha, right? I don't think it's Samantha. There's an episode where Fran Dresser might be the boss. (laughs) I'll just bite my tongue on that one. (laughs) Get on with it! So Fox uh, wants Dolly Parton, and Dolly Parton, of course, says, no thanks, darling. We're not going to do this. It's interesting she turned it down. I don't blame her. But I'm saying from a timing perspective, she was getting near the end of her, like, major Mainstream. like film career film and slash I mean, her, music she always had her music yeah but um but like it was it seemed like a perfect point to approach her with the concept right well yeah they weren't wrong in doing so right i think she was very wise especially you know hindsight being 2020 because uh to go on against well a leno more so leno the, the tonight show name right right but then letterman who was the hottest act and now he's going to launch his own show. Is it really a wise time? The can, other thing can we that, ask that? I, I hate to that this might have been prop, but it might have been what she saw happen to Joan Rivers and a woman hosting it and stuff like that. You know, and that's maybe fair. maybe she made an assessment and said, "Do I really want to put myself through this?" And or maybe she watched a couple episodes of the Pat Sajak show and yeah. she's like, "Whoa!" Well, I mean, that would turn off anybody. <laughs> yeah, job, but. Got that right. But is Fox even wise, Quinn? You think is this a good time to be? Getting back into it when absolutely it's a hot potato. You think because so? Because without okay. Carson, the, there was a okay. vacuum. That's why each network was willing to throw money behind this, right? Because they we picked the right guy that people maybe aren't expecting or whatever, and we just get it. You know, now our network has possibly thirty years of high ratings. Hell, even if you get ten. But that's why they offered a bit of permanence to each of these hosts too. Well, that's right? true. Like, it was a hard job to lose because this was a this was supposed to be a long term thing for anybody who Correct. took the job on. You know, and it's interesting too. Letterman again, more about this in our Leno versus Letterman episode. But Letterman is at this point an unproven commodity at eleven thirty. Right. So maybe you're you're right, and with the hot potato aspect, Leno's not doing amazing. Letterman's debuting, but he's not proven at this time slot. Maybe Fox can. And remember, they're developing it, so they're yeah. really all they know is that they're Johnny Carson's not around. Right. Okay. So maybe you're right. So they who they pick now with Dolly Parton saying no, thank you is someone who had a very prosperous and successful '70s and especially '80s, but a man who had had very little luck <laughs> thus far in the '90s, and that of course is a. Uh, Chevrolet Chase. Yes, the, the, the king of Chevy. <laughs> yes. He, he started the company. It was a whole thing. <laughs> you heard of Henry Ford. Well, this yeah. is Chevy Chase. No, but who is Chevy Chase? Brief. We, we know, he, know he is, but brief recap. Some so. people might not because he's from like the early, like the first years of SNL. That's true. He hasn't really been really culturally relevant in quite a while. Although I know he's he on community yeah, and community. stuff, like, but like it, never at the level that he was in the 70s and 80s. If you're a bit younger than us, you at least see him once a year if you watch Christmas Vacation, yeah. probably, is where most people see him. But So Chevy Chase was born in October of 1943 in New York. Cornelius is his real name, not Chevrolet. I was joking, folks. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. And he, at a young age, developed an interest in music, particularly jazz drumming and playing keyboards. Mm-hmm. And he actually, in his, uh, in his 20s, formed a band, was part of a band known as Chameleon Church. That sounds successful. Well, believe it or not, he was a drummer. 
They recorded one album in 1968. Excuse me. And I have never heard it. And I figured, why don't we... Is it on Spotify? It sure is. Is it even... Yes. It made it. Why don't we, for the first time in either of our lives... I mean, he's not going to be singing or anything. But I still want to hear what the band sounds like. Now, judging by the psychedelic album cover, man... I mean, it's 68. This was a time when people were trying to like, man, there's a lot of money to be made here. In, in it, acid rock. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it just everyone was throwing their hat in. Especially the name, Chameleon Church is a very 1968 that name. That could work. I could see that being a big band. You want to listen yeah, to it? Yeah, let's this go is for it. Cut number one, Come Into Your Life by Chevy Chase's. Nothing is the highest rated Chameleon on this list, by the way. Church. Okay. Where's the drums? Where's Chevy Chase's? We need to hear the drums. It's a flute, <laughs> so not off to a good start. Oh no, there's no drums, is there? Well, there was a bit of a. From what I understand, we'll let it play under us here. This is so exciting. From what I understand, there was a bit of a dispute with uh, the label because of the way they mixed the album. They kind of muted the some of the the bass drum presence, but <laughs> Chevy <laughs> Chase was doing it. Maybe it sucked. I doubt it. Let's go to another song yeah. here. How we about gotta, we got to hear his drumming, right? How about Blueberry Pie? Okay. I'm not liking. <laughs> okay. This is Richard Very Marks. psychedelic. What's up with all the like? I can barely hear it. There we go. This okay. sounds like any no-name '60s band. So are you are you um, impressed by his drumming? It's fine. It's very that's, low. That's in the mix. Chevy under there, Joe. Good job, Chevy. Uh, this now, sounds like no. A birds wannabe band or something? What? Yeah, this just sounds like a cash grab. Yes. Um, Chameleon Church. Question. <laughs> yes, please. Was he not, was he known as Chevy Chase? To, oh yeah. To people during oh, the Chameleon whatever Chameleon <laughs> yeah, Church yeah, no, run. What's his name? But unfortunately, Chameleon Church. You're gonna be very sad about this. They disbanded uh, one year later in 1969. Nice. I mean, that Damn. didn't seem like it was gonna last. I can't even believe they got a record. <laughs> they that, did. That's MGM wild. Records. But a young Chevrolet here, he also developed an interest in writing, particularly comedy and comedy mm-hmm. writing, and he joined National Lampoon's Radio Hour in 1973 as a writer and performer. So there's the National Lampoon connection. So, yeah, getting cooked up with National Lampoon's was a big deal back then. It, it really right? was. Like, it was like some of the premier comedy. It was, was it like a magazine or something? It was, a yeah, a Harvard Lampoon is how it started. Right. And then became National Lampoon. And so, you know, getting in this was considered like a big deal. It's prestigious. In yeah, it, in, for, in, in, the, in the comedy scene. Yeah, in its own scene. Now, first of all, why not stop, take a deep breath, and think for a minute. Can things really be all that bad? And to be a performer slash writer, which is what he was, that does open doors. Yeah. Right? For for better opportunities, even. How many movies do we know that you guys probably rattle off off the top of your head under the National Lampoon banner that were very successful? I mean, they still, to this day, use the, even though, like, who has a subscription to National <laughs> Lampoon's, but... They still use it even to publish movies. Yeah. There's like new stuff that comes out yeah. every now and then. It's like, oh, National Lampoons, they're doing another thing now? Yeah. But, I mean, they were very popular in the 70s, yeah. 80s, into the 90s. Mm-hmm. So, in 1975, though, Chevy was hired as a writer for Lorne Michaels' brand new program, Saturday Night Live. This is Chevy <laughs> Chase. Uh, nice this, to meet you, Tom. Were you named after the town in Maryland, or is that your real That's name? That's my real name. <laughs> 
and it's interesting that there was a National Lampoon's connection with this because a lot of these stars would end up being in Animal House. John Belushi, yeah, notably. The, you know, so it had an SNL connection. It was all part of that scene, right? Of like, that's yeah. those 70s comedians up and coming and stuff, right? Like all young and everything. All young. I want to say was Gilda a National Lampoon performer? She may have been. Or Dan Aykroyd. Some of the original SNL cast was. All of this stuff was like SCTV and like all that. If you didn't come from there, yeah, you came from SC. Yeah, it was just like, it it was all like this this contingent of like people that were like kind of like connected loosely yeah comedy like you said comedy troops that are young and upcoming yeah uh, and in snl's case they were the not ready for primetime players right which was assembled by the network i mean that's yeah lorne yeah lorne yeah one day we will do an snl episode because i think the there's so much meat right on that bone but i feel like snl is the mainstream version of all this national lampoon's uh, Second City stuff. I think it is the most Laugh main- Factory and all these <laughs> all these places in the seventies, right? I think it's a, that's a great way to put it, Quinn. This probably the the most concrete manifestation of it, right? Right, and I think that's what it was designed to be. I, some probably some exact, you know, Lauren Michaels obviously noticed. Hey, there's all this talent out west in you know in yeah. Chicago and all around all about the country. Why don't we like make a show featuring some of the people from this? Yep, and Chevy was one of those people. But remember, as a writer. And then suddenly, towards the end of rehearsals, as they were getting ready to put the first show on in October of 75, they decided, you know what, Chevy, you're also going to be a performer. So there you go. There you have it. I'm Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase, those of you that love SNL will know this, he was a cast member for one and only one season. Right. The first season. But he notably blew up, became very famous yes. from that season. He was the one that popularized and said in almost every episode, it was always him, live from New York at Saturday night. Live from New York, it's Saturday night! Nowadays, the cold open, and since Chevy, it's all different people say it. Whoever's in the sketch yeah. in the beginning. Yes. But during his one season, in almost every episode, he said it. He also took a number of, and this is very funny back then, uh, pratfalls. <laughs> Yes, he was a very physical comedian. He is a skilled physical comedian. Yes. Right, I'll give him that. That, that to me, is his specialty. I think more so than hosting late night shows, yes. yes. <laughs> Definitely yeah. think and, so. And he's not like a, a joke, a comedy, like a, a traditional stand-up. Well, right? no, because if you've noticed, we've talked about Chameleon Church. Right. We've talked about National Lampoon. Nowhere in this little blurb here did we mention stand-up comedy. Yeah. He wasn't one. He, he, he was not yeah, a stand-up a comedian. physical comedian and writer. And writer, exactly. Which is talent. Like, that's not... When, I'm not, like... I'm not poo-pooing that. Yeah, I'm not putting him down or Absolutely anything. Absolutely not. Like, uh, clearly, this late-night thing is, is some really wild, silly thing for him to be doing. Dicey. Very dicey. So, the other thing that he was known for was his impersonation of Gerald Ford, which mm-hmm. was so... Which was relevant back then. Yes, it, it was. Just, can we... People are like, Gerald Ford. He was the president. Now, as we can see, the... Ford popularity is certainly on a sharp rise here. Whereas the But it was so influential that people do say that it was Chevy's impersonation of him being like a bumbling klutz that always fell because of yeah. that one time with Ford when he fell. That influenced Ford's own reputation as like a bumbling doofus. I could see that. I could see that too. But too, you have to remember we're in the 
So SNL's new, and it, this is before the tradition of SNL where somebody would play the president for the for four years. Correct. Right? Like he that, was the first one. It was kind of like so. somebody they would bring on, and yep. it's like, okay, you're kind of guaranteed to have the job as the the president impression. Great point, Gordon. right? Yeah, he was the first one to He's do the that. The first one, and, yep. and, they, and in a long line of of people who took the role of pre, the president. Yep. While he was the president. Great point. Yeah. And the biggest thing that he probably did, very influential, he wrote it, he hosted it, was Weekend Update. The top story is, of course, the good news that President Ford is over that week-long bout with that stubborn cold. White House physicians say that after a mild cold of that sort, it will take the president a few days to recover his motor skills fully, citing the period after his last cold when he tied his shoe to his hair blower and inadvertently pardoned Richard Nixon. He is the originator Weekend of Weekend Update. Update. Yeah, Weekend Update is probably his greatest legacy on SNL, right? Because it's still going today. And I think it's also his strongest performing suit. Yes. Is to be that kind of sarcastic, sarcastic smug. but he's supposed to be the straight man. Yeah. Like, yeah. He plays that really well. Mm-hmm. He really does. That's that's the brand of Chevy Chase comedy that he's really good at. He plays everything 100% straight, but he's a freaking idiot. Like, yeah. that's, that's, that's the bit. And, right. and that would carry over into some of his characterizations in movies exactly. as well. But SNL did raise his profile so much that he was being compared to, I don't know how, uh, the the next Johnny Carson. Right. So which out is of an SNL, odd comparison. everything I've, I've heard, because I wasn't alive, but everything yes. I heard from my parents to you know other folks is that he was the breakout, right, of SNL. He was the one yeah. that... You know, everyone came calling. Hollywood, TV, yes. everyone wanted a piece of Chevy Chase. They thought this was it. This, yeah. if, if there's anybody from this show, this is the number one person we have to get. Yes, probably more so than Dan Aykroyd at that time or right. Gilda, as talented as Gilda was. Yeah, mm-hmm. Chevy Chase was the one. Right. So much so that he left SNL after the one-year he contract. He just got out of there, yeah. He got out of it and he went on to make movies. His 70s movies are, you know, they were okay. Tunnel Vision in 76, Foul Play in 78. But... The big one for him that really launched him not only now as a public personality, but as a movie star, a bankable movie star, was 1980s Caddyshack. Yes, Caddyshack. That was the one. Ensemble cast, but he was a yeah. big player in it. He was definitely in it, and, and there's his National Lampoon's connection as well. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. That was a National Lampoon's uh, ditty over there. It certainly was. I mean, he'd been club champion for three years running, and I'm no slouch myself. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short, Judge. You're a tremendous slouch. And the next National Lampoon ditty that you guys would know would be Vacation in 82. Yep. Or 83 with uh, John Hughes. Mm-hmm. Obviously wrote that one. I'm going to have fun and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when they need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. <laughs> and then Chevy was in three, count them, three movies in 85 that all did well. Fletch, which he's yep. very well known Fletch for. Fletch is a, is a big one for yeah, him. Yeah, big one. European Vacation, which is sucks. I don't, I don't like that movie. <laughs> I don't like it because the kids aren't. I don't the same. like. The like kids. I'm like, how do they just replace them? Yeah, like, it's just weird. I'm not a fan of the kids in European. I uh, did always like that his wife was consistent. Always, yeah. yes. Uh, Spies Like Us was the other one he appeared in '85. Three Amigos in '86, another big one, another for classic him. Yeah. one. Caddyshack Two in '88. Okay, I have a soft spot for Caddyshack Two, but Do it's you? only because I saw it one thousand times on Comedy Central because they would never show the first one. They yeah, I hated show, that. They would always show Caddyshack Two. <laughs> I and never over, wanted to see that. And over time, I had like this weird like, I sort of like it 
like, and I don't know why. It's <laughs> it's crappy. Like I'm like yeah, I, not I'm not good. defending it. I'm just saying it has one. Of, it has that effect of like something is on TV way too much, and you're a kid and you don't have anything else to watch. Well, that's a good point. And it's point, like yeah. that. That's, that's a good point. that. I, I probably know Caddyshack two inside and out more than the first one. I did not know that until this yeah. very minute. The yeah, guy, the guy that's like fake Rodney Dangerfield. Horrible. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's only one Rodney. Yeah, uh, that, that's like when Airplane Two would come on and be like, I don't want to watch this. Let me get this straight. You pull it out. I suck. We did a Caddyshack sequel in '88. Why not do a Fletch sequel in '89? Fletch yeah. lives. This is. They started trying to make franchises because vacation, right? They thought, oh, well, vacation. We made multiple vacations. Yes. Right? And now they they did inadvertently in 89 probably release an ongoing tradition in Christmas vacation. Right. So it's funny because- It was like the recovery vacation. I I do want to say this. is like, it's funny to me that Christmas Vacation became the most enduring because as a kid, I thought the best one was the just the f- original. Oh, I like still the one do. with like like with good Anthony, talk, Russ, and Anthony all that. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just great. Although Johnny Galecki is no slouch as Russ in. He's okay. In- <laughs> I don't need Johnny Klecky. I mean, we don't need him, but Anthony Michael Hall is the definitive Russ. I mean, I really think that like that movie is mainly loved for Hallelujah, Holy Shit, or whatever. That, that's like, one at, of the best at the, lines at the end. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four flushing, low life, snake licking, dirt eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood sucking, dog kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat ass, bug eyed, stiff legged, spotty lip, worm headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? What I like about the Vacation franchise, and this really defines, in my mind, besides Fletch, I guess, this defines Chevy Chase's 80s, a bookends his 80s, right? The, yeah, it's like a good movie, at the, like kind of the last good movie. Yeah, someone said. I don't count, Vegas Vacation sucks. Like. Yeah, but that National Lampoon wasn't even involved in that. But Clark Griswold kind of defines Chevy Chase as a movie star to me. Yeah. In that he's smug, arrogant, short-tempered, but at the same time, under it all is a lovable, caring man in he's Clark got, Griswold. He's got a weird lovable loser aspect, kind of like how Al Bundy is almost to a certain yeah. extent. You know what I mean? Like this, like, you know, like this shit's not going to go his way, but right. like I, we kind of hope it does. And right? in Christmas like, Vacation, you really do hope he gets his bonus. You know, right. like you you are rooting for him, even though he's kind of an I like asshole. how it's never explained how they got out of like holding up security guys at the Wally World or whatever. Like, and <laughs> oh, in the first one? Yeah, yeah, like they didn't go to prison or anything. It's never even mentioned. Well, don't worry about it. But that's his last big hit for a while is Christmas Vacation because uh, 1991, he did nothing but trouble. 1992, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Whatever you might think of the films, folks, they were negatively received and they did not do that well. And his career in the 90s did stall, which makes this all the more a curious choice. So I guess back to the show, right? Mm -hmm. Fox has agreed, you know what? This Chevy Chase... He is the man that is going to reignite our late night flame. This guy, this almost 50-year-old. I wish they had me in that boardroom. I'd be just <laughs> snickering and laughing. You would have gone to a Fox board meeting? Oh, yeah. I would, I would want to. Uh, like, when they're making the final decision yeah. on this stuff, I, I'd be like, are, are you guys serious? Just muttering. Over yeah, like, <laughs> are you fucking serious? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, It's like, I watch, <laughs> I'm, I'm a viewer, too. Like, you know, like, I can tell you what I actually want to see. <laughs> Not this. Yeah. Uh, so much so is Fox's commitment that they spend $1 million renovating the Aquarius Theater in Los right. Angeles. 
renaming it. <laughs> it's a little preemptive, this, man. This this is just like Letterman too, like the, Chevy the, the, Chase Theater. Yeah. yeah, but Letterman was still the the Ed Sullivan Theater. Right, but they what did they did something to it to like? Make oh, they it, renovated the shit out of it, but but yeah. they needed to. It was in disrepair. Correct, but they made a big deal about the 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 studio. Essentially, right? they did. But the deal here is they're already naming it after Chevy Chase. Yeah, but that could just be that's arrogance, is what that is God. on their part. On one hand, I'll be honest with you, Joe. I want to defend them slightly. Ugh. That's marketing. That's what that is. It's, it's on the side of the building. People are like, oh, I want to go see the show or whatever. Like, that's just marketing. I, you know what? You're right. How much do you, <laughs> do you think it really costs them to, not to renovate, but to put the name on the building? It couldn't have been that expensive. Well, to put that name up is one thing, but yeah. it's still a million in renovations. It's right. crazy. By the way, the Aquarius Theater, Chevy Chase Theater, uh, was previously known as Moulin Rouge in the 50s and 60s. And then after this uh, Chevy Chase era in the 90s. It became Nickelodeon on Sunset uh, until very recently. And you might uh, know s- some shows that were filmed there, such as All That, Keenan and Kel, really? The Amanda Show. But I thought that was Drake at the, the, the GAC Center or well, whatever. Might- that, you know, that thing they would show. Universal the, Studios. Yeah, they were like, oh, we, we bought the whole thing or whatever. I think they moved some of their stuff to Nickelodeon on Sunset. In That's the, kind of funny. In, they, in the 90s, they were so hype about, hey, there's the fountains of GAC and all this shit. Like, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's where we film all of it. That is true. It is now the Theater. Anyway, there's a lot of ballyhoo here. Chevy Chase himself got a reported... $3 million deal with Fox. Mm-hmm. But here's the most curious aspect of Fox's gambit here, Quinn. Okay. They're promising ratings to their advertisers, right? However, they are promising ratings in th- in the 5 to 6 million range per what episode. What would that be in a Nielsen? Like a 5, basically? Well, let me just give you a comparison because I don't know that. Letterman's advertiser, Letterman's, right. were only guaranteed $4 million. I wonder why Fox was so bold with that. I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with just attracting ads. They have to buy back or something. If Essentially, what they're saying is, like, we'll give you the money back if we don't get it kind of thing. So it's more attractive because they're betting that they won't. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, but I just think that that's such an ambitious number, don't you? Yeah. Five to six million. Oh, well, it's ambitious. It's huge. It's ambitious, but I don't, like, in advertising terms, we don't know... I really know, like they might overpromise on purpose because that's an understood like money back to the advertiser. Uh, that a kind form of, of high profile uh, haggling, if you will. Exactly. Well, I want to read a couple of newspaper quotes here that are very telling with the benefit of hindsight. This is from a newspaper known as The Vindicator, July 14th, 1993. Chevy Chase knows what you think about his new late night talk show on Fox. You think it can't work. He's <laughs> not. It's like everyone. <laughs> yeah. That. He's not a dumb guy. He's smart enough to sense, with so many late-night shows out there, the odds are against the viability of one more. He has heard the talk that he's too old for Fox's typical audience, and no one needs to remind him he's getting too old for the pratfalls that were his trademark on Saturday Night Live almost 20 years ago. Already in July, before this is debuted, the very factors that people would levy against this show are already being printed. Here's another one from Chevy. Like, again, I know these Hollywood reporters are all hooked up. How much of that is like, oh, we're going to have a comeback story narrative or, you know what I'm saying? It might might be. Like, it's fed to them by the agents and shit like that. It might be, but here's Chevy Chase. They're saying he knows, right? Like, Here's more from him. Uh, His own words, the Deseret News, July 14th, 1993 as well. The fact that I'm not a stand-up 
and don't have material that I'm ready to just go out with is a real challenge to me, Chase said. We're just going to have to see what happens. And oh, they saw what happened. <laughs> we're just going to hope for the best. Does this sound like a man that is prepared for this, Quinn? Again, I'm going to say this in the terms of like, this is... Is it setting expectations low on purpose? No, it's... If you think about it, it's in that sarcastic way Chevy Chase is the self-deprecating... Okay. It's always hard for me to look at those kind of articles and stuff and take them at face value. Okay. Only because at a certain level, they are marketing, right? You really think so? They're, they're puff pieces they're with, puff with pe- a twist. And, and like Chevy Chase is almost being like, come laugh at me. Come laugh at me fail. You know, like just he's joke. Like it's almost like a joke. But is that a wise marketing tactic? When you're Chevy Chase, like the kind of comedian he is, that you're basically that. Uh, hey, I'm still Chevy Chase. I'm still that self-deprecating, okay, humor. You know, you know, you, you you might have a very valid point there because Letterman has a bit of that same sensibility in him. Yeah, and he was very much the same. Ah, we'll see what the hell happens. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm saying is like that was just a common like. Oh, he's just a regular guy. Let's see how he does. I, you know, I, I'm glad you put it that way because like a Jay Leno is a much different persona he'd more be like yeah we're gonna do a good job it'll be a good show you know yeah, we'll see, yeah. we'll see. you guys positive. Like it. yeah you but, guys will like it but dave dave letterman uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, paul i don't know we'll it, see what the hell happens it's probably gonna fail in a year uh just just it be collector's item or something just right. you said you saw it or whatever and conan who was brand new and like literally unproven he also has the right to have that mentality because it's really true like i have no idea how this is gonna go right. you know yeah but you think it's also why it's coming from a guy like chevy chase Yes. A proven movie star. It's because that's how we know him as Clark Griswold. But is it? Like, I'm, I'm serious. Right. Like, you're, you're, there's validity to everything you're saying, but is it not shining a light on the absurd nature of what well, they're doing we're here? we're thinking that because we have hindsight okay. 2020, okay. right? I like, that, like yeah. You know, back then people, here's the thing. On one hand, the name The Chevy Chase Show and knowing the cachet of movies he had only a couple of years prior. Four like, years since his last big one is not that right? long. It's honestly not a huge stretch, if, hmm. if we're being fair here. Not a stretch like, for Fletch? Shut up. There is a certain assumption that a performer, especially one that was on SNL, that he can adapt to this format, that he's talented enough, naturally, as just a performer. I would think so. I think that's a fair assumption to make, based on right? his career. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think the audience is thinking... Bet you, I mean, I, I'm sure it'll be a professional show. I'll see if I like him as the host, you know? Can't be worse than Pat Sajak. Right, right? exactly. <laughs> well, with all that said, uh, September 7th is going to be the start date. The Chevy Chase Show is set to debut from the Chevy Chase Theater. And don't you worry, we will cut to the chase on the other side of this break. We will talk about how that first show went and the subsequent 28, <laughs> all 28 of them. We'll be talking all about that when more Acid Wash Memories returns right after this. In the middle of the night, I go walking in my sleep. From the mountains of fame, to the river so deep. I must be looking for something, something sacred I love. Thursday, it's the premiere you've been waiting for. Frasier. Critics say it looks like a hit. Cool. And just wait till you meet the family. I hate this whole stinking idea. Frasier's taking on the burden of dear old Ed. You hear that? We're a burden. Oh, you're twisting my words. I meant burden in its most positive sense. Frasier, premiering right after Seinfeld, NBC Thursday. Things just did not work out with my last girlfriend. When I was with her, I used to fantasize I was someone else. Mama. 
and she'd make these Freudian slips like, Berman, I mean honeybee. Ah. And when I kissed her, she'd say, okay, okay, I get the point. Then at Valentine's, she sent me a chocolate hatchet. No wonder I need a Boku. Boku fruit juice coolers from McCain. All natural flavors, just slightly over the edge. When we broke up, I told her, you hurt me, you mocked me, you embarrassed me. And yet the door is always open. You know, nothing beats a great cheeseburger, except maybe a great cheeseburger for just 99 cents. Introducing Wendy's new 99-cent quarter-pound double stack. It's got everything that makes a cheeseburger great. Plus, two patties of fresh beef served hot off the grill. The 99-cent quarter-pound double stack. It's a stack of beef for a little price, and it's only on Wendy's 99-cent super value menu. If you love beef, this one really stacks up. He's coming to Late Nights, a full half hour before Dave and Jay. Hi, I'm Shannon Doherty. Chevy Chase presents an unpredictable hour of comedy, music, and surprises. Join Chevy with special guest Goldie Hawn and Whoopi Goldberg on the series premiere of The Chevy Chase Show, Tuesday at 11, 10 Central on Fox. And now we return to more acid-washed memories. And welcome back to Acid Washed Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. This is episode number 38, and for some reason, we're talking about the Chevy Chase show. How did it all come to How, this? What does it all mean, yeah. Quinn? Uh, thank you guys so much for being with us, Joe Murata and Michael Quinn. Uh, just a quick reminder, follow us on Twitter at AWM Podcast. Join our Facebook group. And hey, if you have a podcast app that you're listening to this on and they accept reviews... We would love it if you uh, left us one. It would be really nice. It would be nice of you. So We're so proud of all the reviews. You know? We really are. Yeah. We do our best every it's, week makes here. makes us feel good. Yeah. This is, this is a tough one, uh, you know, because obviously we don't pick these topics. Somebody else does. Producers over yeah, in Ogden. In Ogden, or, Utah, of yeah. course. Yes, yeah, so you can write to them. I really wanted to talk about this because I find it fascinating. I just yeah. find this five-week television show. That nobody watched. Joe or had to really campaign in the office this week for this. Oh, one. Yeah. I was in the boardroom, was yeah. pounding my fist on the desk. We must do the Chevy Chase show. Absolutely, I took off my fedora and everything. Yeah. It was it was brutal in there. Anyway, where we left off here it was uh, September of 1993. So we've got Letterman started August 30th. We know how that went. He beat Jay Leno in the ratings for almost 18 months. It went really well for David Letterman. Yeah, Conan is still six days away from debuting, but. Another unproven commodity in late night talk is about to debut. The one difference here versus NBC and CBS is both of their shows start at 11.35. Fox was giving Chevy Chase an 11 p.m. start to get the and jump. This is, hor- this is a horrible idea. Horrible idea. And I'll tell you why. Please do. As a television viewer of the 90s. Yes. That's when the news is on. Yes. And and nobody gives a shit about late night when the news is on. They, gotta, want, yeah. they want to see what Roz Abrams has got to right. say about shit. Or exactly. Bill Butel going to do his little sign off at the end. I'm Bill Butel. They, they, my they, signature. They, they, they want to know what happened in their, that's in New York, but whatever yeah. it is in Philly and all the other t- cities. Gus Cantankerous or whatever yeah, in Nebraska, yeah. whatever your yeah. deal is. Whatever it is in your local area, the, you, you know your local anchors. They're like slippery com- Willie, you they're, know. They're like, yeah, they're like comfort food, though, right? Like, well, you you, yes. you know the ones you go to. We went to Channel Seven Eyewitness. I, I did as well. Yeah, yes. But all this is a moot point on Fox. No eleven o'clock news. I never understood. I always felt that was a huge blunder on Fox's part to have ten o'clock news on their it's, on their network. They got to run that Chevy Chase show at eleven. Quinn, it's very yeah. important. So September seventh, which is a Tuesday, the Chevy Chase show debuts. Uh, it's got a very uh, a very elaborate set. Quinn, a very interesting set, right? right. The, the basketball. There's hoop. a lot. There's a lot going on. First of all, it's enormous. 
Yeah, well, it's the way fucking big, huge. There's like things that they move around and stuff. Shelves and stuff. Yeah, but not even just on the on the before you get to his office or whatever the fuck <laughs> that is. Like, like it's like there's just it's like there's steps and stuff, and he comes. It, like it's a whole. It's a huge ass set. Very. There's a basketball hoop that I thought. I guess they thought that would be cool as if he took a shot before he came. <sighs> yeah, well. Should have taken a different kind of now, shot. Now, do you think that was playing into his pratfall aspect? And this is the thing that fi- I find amazing about the first one, right? Is that he misses it or whatever. Yes. But I would feel like he's Chevy Chase. Shouldn't he miss it? Like, isn't that? I don't is, think wouldn't that so. be the joke? Or like have him exaggeratedly miss it? Like throw it and then make a, a noise of of like glass shattering or like so, yeah, but he just didn't do like, any of that. The, yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's like they screwed it up. They're like, no, he's gonna legit make the shot. But he didn't. Yeah, but he does it. That's like why it's dumb. He misses uh, twice. Yeah. But there's also like toys and shit on shelves, and then there's a fish tank in the yeah, set. And weirdly, also the when you walk into the set, it like closes <laughs> off from the other, like a, a shelf like it's rolled in to make it like circular or something. It's very strange. None of this is necessary. Yeah, literally the fish tank, and yeah, we don't need the fish tank. Everything about it is just it seems off and wrong. Yeah, and that's what most people thought about the the show, um, right? Horrible. I'm going to explain why, folks, if you've never seen it. You can look it up. Full episodes available on YouTube. No one's claiming that shit. <laughs> I doubt. Uh, I doubt Fox is like, like we got to make sure. You can have There's it. no money to be made <laughs> off this. Just go ahead. None. What's the matter, Senor Luigi? You look a little nervous. I'm very nervous. Have you had anything to eat today? No. First night, opening night jitters, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, you really should eat something. Are you feverish? I don't think so. Well, let's check. Let's see here. A little bit warm. I think what you need is something to eat. No, I don't want to eat. My stomach is too nervous. I think what you need is a good tongue sandwich. But I found it to be awkward. Uh, He did do Pratt Falls, like it was 1976 all over again. But Chevy Chase himself was very low energy. There was barely humor. Because he's older, too. He just maybe doesn't even have the energy. Well, that is a good point, Quinn. Uh, My first guest for these many years, my first guest starred with me in two very successful films. Wish I could remember what they were. Uh, but her, I'll never forget. Please welcome the other woman in my life, Goldie Hawn. I'll give it one piece of credit. It had that news update segment, which is literally a clone of Weekend Update. So to me, that should be the draw. Yes. Right? Like, that's like Chevy Chase doing news every night of the week. That would be hilarious, that's right? That's almost the Daily Show right. style. And Filipino President uh, Fernand Marcos is still hanging on valiantly to remain dead. Marcos was not only the president of the Philippines, he was also a member of the Hair Club for Men. And it's funny that they didn't seize that as like the Do more the, of it as the gimmick of the show. Well, you know what the only thing is, doing that every night for longer than they did requires a lot of writing. Right, a but the Daily Show was, did it. Well, I know Talk they did. Soup did it. Don't bring up Talk Soup on the program. I just mean to say is that there was there was programs like that well, that just did that format. But you have to. The thing is, you have to be. And John Stewart was, and Jay Leno with his daily monologue was. Mm-hmm. You have to be 
100% committed and be like almost a workaholic to be able to pull that off. Well, it also takes a team of writers, and that's what the networks are known for having is teams sure. of writers. Like sure. they could have worked with Chevy Chase. Yeah. Chevy Chase had a writing history too. He I, did. I, it's just weird to me that that wouldn't be their focus. Right? It wasn't. It wasn't. It yeah. was a part of the show, although they did program it strategically at 11.35, so it would be up against the monologue. So you can watch Chevy Chase tell, tell you fake news. Instead of Leno, yeah. the new thing, Dave doing whatever the hell he does, you know? See, the beauty of The Daily Show, Joe, was that it was real news, but it was like the yes. insanity of it. The absurdity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the show was awkward. Have I said that? Because it was awkward. I'm talking Chevy is dancing to Twist and Shout with Goldie Hawn horribly. They give a cake to her kid Son, or something. He drops one of the cakes. But then brings out another one. Goldie sings him a song. Yeah, and then she kisses him. Look at that nose. It knows what it knows should be. If Whoopi Goldberg is also on the but show. Only by for the- like five <laughs> minutes or something at the end. It's a horrible joke. But these are the shoes I danced in when my, when my, in the opening of my show. And I wanted to give you a good luck present. It, and her show got canceled. Yes. So, and she says that in the same sentence. Yes. But she's like, I thought they were lucky, so you take them. And then he smells them. He smells them and makes a face and ha ha ha. It's really weird. Yeah. Like, that's not even humor. It's also something with faces where his face is, he's like three different <laughs> oh, people. Oh, the first thing that opens it is just weird. I forget, what is it supposed to be like an Ernie Kovacs tribute or it's something? Horrible. It's horrible. I the thing about these late night shows is they're supposed to be funny. Right. This is nothing funny in this one. Like, just Dave Letterman going to Taco Bell was funnier than anything in any of this <laughs> show. <laughs> or just to fucking watch Leno's monologue is funnier than this. Sometimes, yeah. Monologue's very good. It's what he's good at. But unprepared yeah. is one of your favorite words oh, to use on something like the else. Johnny V. The Johnny of, V of late night. Of late night, definitely. Unprepared, clumsy. You know what? I, here, this is a very brief clip from his opening monologue. Mind you, this is a man who, after months of promotion, is finally hosting Fox's first late-night show. Yeah, you would think, right? <laughs> like, this is his big moment. He's gonna. He, he's probably been practicing this for weeks. Like, <laughs> this is my big monologue, like my first one ever. Yeah. This is going to be, when, when I die, this is what they're going to remember <laughs> me for, right? Let's show them why they're right to watch this show, yeah. right? Here we go. Hey. <laughs> if I knew you were going to be this enthusiastic, I would have rehearsed. <laughs> you know, well, we uh... Didn't. Boy, I'm so excited. <laughs> this hurts. A lot of people wondered why I wanted to do my own TV show, and I confess I'm one of them. Uh, get on with it, please. But I think the moment I knew I wanted to get back on TV was the day my daughters uh, tied me up and made me watch Oh Heavenly Dog twice. <laughs> anyway, after all the fuss and hype last week over that uh, other late night TV show. I finally got to see it. You know something? It just isn't funny. I didn't laugh once except at his hair. This is and that's why yeah, I predict right here and now that my show is going to kick Ted Koppel's ass. 
so you, I'm just just what? turn it off. Yeah, it's off. Yeah. That's the only. That's the clip. Thank you. I want to mention something. That was one minute in the audio. There were that was a struggle. Two real jokes in there, and that was a struggle. Leno or Letterman would have had four, six jokes in well, that problem, one minute span. The problem is, it's like his delivery is just fucking horrible. horrible. Well, for this format, right? Like I'm expecting yes. him to be reading me <laughs> some boring news story with a punchline at the end yes. of it, like Weekend Update. That's right? what he's good at, right? So the man who admitted, I'm not a stand-up comedian and I don't have material, we, clearly he was not lying about yeah, that. he was honest there. How do you come out and you're like, oh, uh... We don't know what we're uh, doing I'm, here. I'm excited. Yeah. Now, again, uh, people make mistakes and stuff, but Chevy Chase has been in show business at this point for 20 years. And see, to me, that's the thing that's so surprising, right? Yes. People in show business, especially when you've been doing it that long... You just kind of naturally can adapt to situations. You yes. just because you've had to, right? You've been yes. on movie sets, sometimes you know all the television, whatever. He's done both. He was yes. on Saturday Night Live, where like it's literally literally live, live, and he's just stumbling and bumbling out there. And this is a taped show, right? This isn't live. They could have reshot it. <laughs> yes, like why didn't they just do that? He's got a safety net here. Yeah, so it's just awful. You know, another one of the problems here. We mentioned that he's like he's the oldest late night show, right? He seemed old in there with it, how slow so he old. was. How slow he was. He's older than Letterman, older than Leno, older than our. He's the oldest. But he's, now I'll give some credit to Chevy Chase there, yeah. just from the looks department. He didn't look old. <laughs> old. Like no I, credit to give him. He, I just mean he to, didn't do that. It's, I just mean to say is that he didn't look aged or anything. No, but we're just saying that he's the oldest one, regardless right. of how he looks, right? right. In terms. So the new host on the Young Network is the oldest guy. Yeah. Very weird. But they, you know what I find weird about that is that they made jokes and mentioned it. They didn't have to say anything. I don't think people... This isn't the age of the internet where people go like Wikipedia Chevy <laughs> Chase's birthday. Well, that's true. That's right? true. But I mean, just even knowing that he was around but in don't, 1975... Just don't, e- just don't even say anything. <laughs> you- like... Well, Nobody's going to fucking know because he just looks like Chevy Chase from the 80s. He, he doesn't does. look different. He's Clark Griswold. If he with his gray haired or something <laughs> like he is now, then people would notice. Yeah. But if they just shut their mouths about it, but they thought, I guess it would be funny or something. But this is why I thought some of those quotes from before the show even debuted in July were very damning in retrospect, where he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's not going to be good. Yeah, in retrospect, but I can see how they, they might have thought, oh, let's just be self-deprecating Maybe. and funny as as a marketing. So it, so people are like, oh, it's the old Chevy Chase that we're used to. Right? They thought wrong. You know, uh, people have been telling me that I look nervous out here, and uh, I am nervous. I mean, it's very tough to you know, launch this kind of a show, and uh, but I'm getting looser and looser, and uh... and the other problem is he's not as affable as Jay Leno. He's not funny or witty like Letterman. He's not as cool as Arsenio, and he doesn't even have like the young quirky charm of Conan. Yeah, he's just middling. But to be very fair to, middling. To be fair to Dave Letterman, I feel like Chevy Chase is probably closer to Dave Letterman than he is Jay Leno, right? He's closer to Letterman in terms of, of comedic sensibility. Right, that kookiness and yes. being a little being a little weird. Definitely. Right. But he is not he's not a comedian. Right. You know, the way Letterman is, or a broadcaster the way Letterman is. And yeah, and that's all and that's what I mean is so like I can see the makings of something. I just it seems like it wasn't 
prepared right or something. I, I don't know what was going Preparation on. Preparation is a big part of it. Yeah, it really makes Pat Sajak seem like a better choice from a few years earlier when CBS rolled with it. So the one th- the one advantage you have of Pat Sajak, to be fair to him, is that he's a personality that's on television every single day, and For on top of it, that, that also makes him sharp. Like, yes. Like he's he's always on. Well, and he's also it, interacting with different people right. every day. He he's just he's got a he he has an inherent sharpness because of what his day to day is. Yes. Right. So even though Pat Sajak's show was very boring and bland, which it was, but he he can move it along. He could at least move it along and competence. I think yeah. Chevy didn't even display, and we're not talking about just episode one here, folks. In general, throughout the 29 episodes, he didn't even display a, a real grip on, on what he was doing. The problem is is that it almost seems his live skills had diminished, and he'd gotten so comfortable with movies for the last decade, and maybe you know That's being true. able to reshoot things and, and just get the right timing always... You know That's what I'm true. saying? Like, even though that this is taped, it's still, they can't waste time reshooting a million Every single thing, though. No. Right. No. Just like, like a movie. Because on a movie, it's like you reshoot until you get it perfect, right? Correct. And they just can't do that here. You know, that's a, that's a fair point. He'd been doing movies since the late seventies. He hadn't been on SNL in it's seventeen to- years. From a like a filming perspective, it's a very different medium. But that's again why I find it such a curious choice to begin with. Well, because the execs probably thought that you know that if you see him in movies, you might think this could work. <laughs> I don't know. Not to mention, here's the thing. That's actually like a draw if you think about it, right? From a marketing perspective, yeah. You're the executive, right? And you're like, we're looking for a really good host for this, right? Mm-hmm. Chevy Chase is an attractive option because of two things. He has experience on Saturday Night Live on a live environment. That's even, big. Even though that that was like 15 years ago or whatever yes. at this point, right? Mm-hmm. But he's also a film star, which means there's an inherent, like, you put his name and he's been in box offices across the country for the last decade. Like, True. you know, in, 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 in movie theaters everywhere, it, like movie trailers, posters, like people know who that is as opposed to Dave Letterman or Jay Leno. They haven't been in a movie. Jay Leno did do movies. Now, do not do not be smart Jay Leno's film career. Was he the star? Yes, with uh, Pat Morita. Don't worry about it, okay? okay. Um, Nobody remembers that, and that's the point. Everyone does. Yeah. Well, you don't just pull him over for a question. Hey, you want to scare Jared, right? I want to scare this guy. We'll make him nervous. Maybe he'll do something stupid. Run a red light, spit out the window, and I can fry his ass. So Howard Rosenberg of the LA Times had this to say. I'm going to read some some reviews at the time, okay? I can't see them being kind. After months of development, this is what Chase and the Beavises and Buttheads at Fox came up with. This is the epiphany with holy music, with nothing clever to say, and often looking terrified, the host resorts to verbal mooning. Rick Kogan, Chicago Tribune. Chase showed that he lacks the smooth, quick-on-your-feet stand-up skills of of many of his contemporaries, as well as the most rudimentary skills as an interviewer. Roger Simon, Baltimore Sun. Chase is, after all, a professional comic. That's what I'm thinking. Thank you. So how do we explain the fact that he cannot deliver a monologue? That he cannot ad-lib? That he cannot interview? That he cannot be witty or engaging or even mildly interesting? John J. O'Connor, New York Times. On a disaster scale of 1 to 10, this one rated a 12. This was a top contender for a compilation of television's worst moments. <laughs> this is about the first episode. Jeez. <laughs> Tom Shales, Washington Post. The Chevy Chase show shows no potential and no possibilities and has no redeeming virtues. 
know what's interesting about all this? I would actually be interested is like, here's the thing, right? These are horrible. They're reviews. brutal. These are horrible reviews, Joe, right? Deservedly so. But there's also people who really love Jay Leno. And he's not exactly the greatest either. Uh, we're not going to relitigate Listen, this. I'm he's not, a very I'm good not, late night host. It's not, it's not a knock. The point, we're not. The point is, all in the end that matters is what did the actual viewers think of it? The critics can, you know, poo-poo it all they want, but maybe somebody likes what he's doing. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, like, you know, you know that's all I'm saying. It's just because, like, four people said it was crap. No, you're right, you're right. You know? But the, the viewers, though, didn't like it Exa- either. And, th- and that's... And that's <laughs> really why this didn't last the first episode due to interest you know did a very good rating i'm sure it did because they hyped the shit out of it and then i think they started to fall into like the two or below two right range not good which again this is back in the day when their cable was there but it's not it's not a factor it's not as big a factor the networks were still riding high ruling the roost even in the even in the early 90s definitely 100 percent yeah And there were some impressive guests, don't get me wrong. Uh, Whoopi and Goldie, like we said. It's fascinating that the viewers didn't think to themselves when they saw guests like that. They're like, oh, this is like a big... Because Goldie Hawn and Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi was huge, Huge names at the time, you know? Uh, 90210's Jason Priestley. Okay, that's a good one. Harry Anderson, who was launching Dave's World at the time. Oh, God. Previously, the Dave's World connection. <laughs> Martin Short. Yeah, that's a... I mean, Martin Short's so funny to me because he's like... He, on one hand, he's niche, but on the other hand, like, everyone knows who he is. Right? So he's exactly. always... He's, he's always on late night shows. Even to this day, he'll just show up like once a year on yeah. like one of them. And he's just Martin Short. It's like, oh, it's Martin Short, and he just gets to screw around for like 20 minutes. That's what he's like, good at. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Hopper. Yep. Tom Selleck. Robert De Niro. Wow, that's a really good one. Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. And even the great Dean Kane all appeared on the Chevy Chase. <laughs> you mean Superman, Superman himself. himself? Wow. So you'd think maybe, folks, retrospectively, has this show fallen into the so bad it's good camp? No, it hasn't. No, it's no, no. really it, bad. It's brutal from what I saw. It is painfully awkward television. And as such, on October 17th, 1993, the show debuted September 7th. 24 episodes have aired while well, Fox has ended the chase. Uh, Lucy Salhani, the chairwoman of Fox Broadcasting at the time, says this about at the, the time. Sh- at the time, says this about the show's cancellation. <laughs> he was very nervous. It was uncomfortable and embarrassing to watch it. That's Fox. That is Ooh. scathing. That's got to be terrible for Chevy Chase, the you know, in his career and stuff. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, he wasn't making good decisions as it was. No, like, some of the movies he had been doing recently were bad. Cops and Robertsons was coming up. That was yeah. no picnic either. That was later, but like <laughs> it was right after this. Yeah, there was other it. weird shit that were... he had done recently. Oh yeah, none of it was good. Uh, but the thing is, the show aired for one more week after the cancellation. Thank you very little. This reeks of bad management. Uh, whoever of, Chevy Chase's manager is and seeking parts and stuff, things that he can do. You think he should have just never accepted this, right? Right, but I can just see, I can just see how this went down as his manager probably talked him into it. Said like, "You're going to be a household name, and you know all these like it'll positive, be easy money. It'll be easy money. You won't have to like worry about the next film script, right? And and we know you've had some bad films lately, so like this is really going to revitalize you, get you back into the public conscious, right? Like I can totally see this being talked up." <laughs> But clearly his manager did not understand who he had. No, or what his client was committed to doing to make this a success. Right. Chevy Chase in the 90s could still be used very effectively. 
by, I by, by so. you know producers and writers and stuff like that. So it's to me interesting this blunder existed in the first place. Does that make sense? It it, it does make sense. I just think that he should have never. This was just not a, this. this was not the right thing. Absolutely and, not. I wouldn't be surprised if he fired his manager after this. Yeah, I'm like, not sure. Whoever, whoever arranged this was an idiot. That's a good question. Because because uh, you come you come out of it at the end and you're like you're the first thing you're probably thinking to yourself is who the hell talked me into this? Yeah, good point. Right? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Point. You know, it's fall and that means that means I should have some time off. Really. <laughs> I'm going to read a few more newspaper blurbs from this time here to give you some insight, folks. It's not just our words or opinion. This is what was said at the time. Uh, this is from the Bangor Daily News, September 93. Chase hasn't spent years as a stand-up comedian crafting his live performance skills as Leno and Letterman did, and he doesn't have their talk show experience under his belt. And that's, to me, those are the two key components here. Yep. He wasn't a stand-up, and he had never hosted a talk show. Correct. What the hell is he doing hosting a talk show? Again, I think they overestimated being live on SNL every week back in the 70s for one season as like, that's his credentials, right? I think you're right. Because listen, love him or hate him, Leno had been known as like the king of the club comics. He'd been doing it since like 69. Nice. Right. He knew how to hold an audience, if nothing right. else. Letterman had been toiling away since the early mid-70s. Like, and like, they, you just have to think on your feet when you're in those roles. Yeah. Too. Like, they just, they knew what to do. Like, you know what I always notice with the good late night hosts? And this is almost all of them now, They because they, you know... It seems like the networks are much smarter about uh, credentials with this <laughs> you kind might of thing. Say, yeah, because even Jimmy Fallon can do this. It's like if there's a bad joke or something bombs, they can just, just roll they, with they it. They just man. roll. Yeah. Like they like, and that to me is like a sign, right? Yeah, and, and game show hosts very similar. Again, yeah, Pat Sajak. Exactly. It's you, real. You have contestants who screw up or yep. whatever. They're regular people. Got to roll and with you it. You got to just roll with it. A lot of people here don't know that we we did do some test shows. We did uh, about two years. Chevy Chase himself had this to say in September. I would say that these things are host-driven, basically. People tune in to see some star that might be on, but for the most part, these shows do well or don't do well, depending on who the host is. That's what I was saying. So obviously, the major difference is that it's me and not the other guys or girls, and that I'll be bringing my talents to the show, and I'll be depending on them to entertain you. So at least he knew you know, that it was able ultimately to up to him. what went wrong. Uh, so was the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, October 1993. From the first day, Chase seemed nervous and ill-prepared, which I agree with. The show's yeah. gags often produce more groans than laughs from the audience, and even Chase looked embarrassed at times. Mm -hmm. Steve Allen, who helped invent the talk show genre as oh, the no. first host what of the, the Tonight Steve Show. Steve Allen must have thought this was terrible. He said Chase was trying too hard to be funny. Yep. Hey, Steve Allen knew humor. You got to give him that. It's funny in that or that monologue. I feel like he's reading the material and he's thinking to himself, "These are bad jokes." Well, then maybe he should have. And he's like hesitating, like he's almost like searching his mind for like, "Do I have anything better than this?" Like just in my mind <laughs> right now, right? right? That's what it said because he's hesitating and shit. It's fair, you know. I just think that he was at sea, man. He yeah. was just lost. Here's from the Deseret News again, October 19th, right after cancellation. Fox pulled the plug on Chase rather suddenly over the weekend, and the reason was it hadn't made any noise at all, certainly not in terms of ratings. Well, it had made a bit of noise, but it was the sound of ineptness and bad reviews. Well, <laughs> The reason Chase failed so spectacularly was obvious from the start. He was completely unsuited 
to the talk show format. Absolutely. He couldn't do stand-up comedy, so the monologues were a disaster. He had no interviewing skills whatsoever, so the guest segments were pathetic. And while- This is a good dissection of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, this, this is actually this. good. And while Chase, in a formal statement, said, I am proud of the comedic elements that we were able to intersperse throughout this otherwise very constraining format. Shut up. Those bits were good only in comparison to the rest of the show. That's sour grapes, by the way. Very. Because Deseret adds in, the talk show format doesn't seem to constrain David Letterman, does it? No. (laughs) They said that. Chase's television persona, built on smugness, simply didn't work. Audiences have to like to be there. There were also widespread reports denied by both Chase and Fox that Chase simply wasn't working very hard at his job. The fact that he bumbled and fumbled his way through the news updates every night, a segment that should have been the highlight of the show... It should have been a slam dunk. ...seemed to point to a lack of preparation. There you have it. With Chevy Chase, this show seems like... He thought he was such hot shit with all his movies and stuff. Yes. That, oh, he would just stroll in here. He barely had to do anything. And that's what like, it sounds he didn't, like. And he looked like a complete fool. Yep. And the fact that you can look years later and a guy like Jimmy Fallon, who is nowhere near the caliber of star of Chevy Correct, Chase. Yes. But he was very successful, at yeah. least in his initial run on The Tonight Show. Yeah. And I know he still does it, but like he, his, he was most successful in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it's just because he worked hard and he and he did what he had to do and he people appreciated it and his show was fun. Well, right? that's true. I mean, even Jay Leno did not ride his high-profile movie career, you know, as a star of Collision Course with mm-hmm. uh, Pat Morita. You got proof of this? You just make it up as you go along. No, no, no. I see guilty look in jutted eye. Guilty looking eye? Well, with that kind of hard evidence, we should get a conviction overnight. He did not ride that to success in the Tonight <laughs> Show. He toiled, man. Uh, but anyway, within two days of the final Chevy Chase show... The Chevy Chase Theater had its sign taken down and renamed already. I mean, that was going (laughs) to... See, to me, that's not as funny as it is... It was just marketing, and the the minute that his show... Even if it was like 10 years later, they would have yanked it down. Yeah, because that's that's totally marketing. I know it is. Here's my thoughts on it. I mean, it's been summed up very well by these... uh, The Deseret News getting a lot of play in this this review, but... uh, like we said, he was the oldest one, but he, he didn't see him because I've watched various shows, not just the first one, as of you. He never seemed like he was convinced that this was a good idea while he's on screen. Yeah, he seems like <laughs> either that, again, or it might be he gets up there and he's realizing this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. Right. Right? It's either one or the other. Because he wasn't a stand-up. He wasn't really an interviewer. He right. wasn't engaging. He wasn't funny. He seemed stuck in his like 70s pratfall humor. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing is nobody asked for this. Like, no, yeah. nobody said, you know, we need another late night show. Like, viewers, I mean. Yeah. Viewers didn't ask for it. And I was, I think I was saying this to you. I think a lot of this, too, it's not exactly the same, but there had was a sentiment that I always noticed in television in the early 90s of what if we find just people who are known to be funny and put them in shows, either sitcoms or this kind of show. Yeah, yeah. Any show, right? And it'll be a vehicle, and it will always work because it always does work, right? Every sitcom seemed to be a home run back then or anything, should I say, with a comedian. And then you had just tons of them. 
Oh my God, there was and, so many. Jim it, Belushi was getting shows. Jim Belushi, and yeah, Sorry. it was just it was just tons of just tons of names. Getting, the guy from Guts, Michael yeah, Malley. Yeah, Michael Malley. Like I hate all, that show, by the to, way. But my yes, point, dear. Yeah, every I don't even have to name them all, but everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yes, it's I, just this concept. I mean, it even got as far as as I was saying to you as like, let's put funny people in commercials. Let's make Boku and put Richard Dreyfuss <laughs> in it. I need a Boku. Yeah, I don't care about the women. I need a Boku. Right, and like it's just so over the top, and this is why like. I don't know if this is dovetailing into like another episode in the future or something. One can only hope. But to me, this is why things like when The Sopranos came out and yes. stuff like that, like the prestige television. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because we had had such a long period of this kind Crap. of thing. Of Dave's world. That I think that this stuff just took the hell off and everything became more that. Yeah. Right? And, and like, even like, when we got to comedy, like Malcolm in the Middle where there's no laugh track and it's just kind of whatever. A paradigm shift, if right. you will, right? Like, it was just like, we're not gonna point out the funny if we're gonna do funny. And guys like Lionel Letterman were grandfathered in. Right. But we weren't gonna be developing more of them. Right. We aren't, we aren't gonna base everything around whoever the latest and greatest stand-up comic is. Right. Or, or comedian or whatever. And if we do, it's going to be on cable. Right. Like the Chris Rock show and things yeah. like that. You know, we're going to... Yeah. Or just Miller, Comedy Central. Or Comedy Central, right. <laughs> right. To me, this is just a perfect example of another, because there was plenty of, like, Dave's World is kind of a failed... Yeah, like, no one... Yeah. Do we need Harry Anderson in another show? Like, right. Night Court just ended. Right. It, you know? It's just, it, to me, it's like this whole... It's it's just emblematic right. of this. Ah, oh, it's a funny person. It's going to be right. successful. Like just this. Just they didn't even think about it, right? Right, and that translated into movies also. Like you yeah. know, in the mid '90s, especially with Molly Shannon and people getting movies, and yeah. Chris Kattan. No offense to anyone that loves Chris Kattan, but it happened with SNL people also. Yeah, it goes to show you that a star has more abilities than just one thing either they're funny or whatever there's like intangibles a and true star yeah like there's there's other things and this is just a perfect example to me of that I think so I think Chevy Chase had recognizability in 1993 but that was it right and he I think you you nailed it he thought he could stroll in coast on by and honestly if you're him I'm not gonna lie that might be like a reasonable assumption well, maybe. I mean, Fox had to pay him out his contract. Right. They had to. I, I just mean to say is it might be a reasonable assumption because you've you generally you've generally had success most of your career. True. He had a good batting average. He did. He did like, have a good batting average. Right? Like, he had bombs just like any other star. Yes. But he had a decent record. Oh, I'd say vacation movies alone and Fletch. Yeah. It, 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 even if that's all he had done. Right. That's a good record. But he got the money in the end. He only did 29 episodes of this bullshit, and Fox still paid him. They had to pay out a ton of make goods on the advertisers they had promised $6 million to. I'm sure. Um, Which, I, I want, again, <laughs> uh, again, there's no way the advertisers aren't. That's not a betting game right there. I got I, it. I, Some yeah. kind of stock they, they market saw that, delirium. Yeah, they saw that number, and they said, they're never going to fucking get that. <laughs> We're going to get all this money back and get free advertising. They did. They got the make yeah, goods. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. As far as uh, Chevy himself, he would have... He'd struggle more in the 90s, you know, with Cops and Robertsons and Man of the House with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. But he did have a bit of a recovery uh, with Community. Yeah. You know, was probably a big one. I revived his career. He revived his career. He was much older, but it still held. The white hair version. Yeah. Uh, it was also the Friars Club roast, you know, before it was Comedy Central split off and did their own. They were vicious to him, the 2002 Friars Club roast. 
I am appalled at some of the things that I have heard said about this man. And I don't, I don't really mean out here, I mean backstage, some really hideous, hurtful, hate-filled things. You know, I heard you mentioning over there that uh, you said, who the hell are these guys? I'm being roasted by nobodies, how can it be funny? And at least, you know, I'm a nobody at the beginning of my career. The, um... Chevy Chase said a comedy standard. In fact, if uh, someone with a promising career makes a string of bad choices, I call it a Chevy. You know, I've known Chevy for over 30 years. It's been amazing. I knew Chevy. I've known him so long, actually. I knew Chevy when he was almost nice. <laughs> this guy's a comedy giant. I'm supposed to make fun of him? I can only dream of making three good movies and 40 <laughs> ones. <laughs> Your show lasted six weeks. Sally Jesse Raphael's lasted 16 years. That's got to feel good late at night, huh? I don't know if you know this, folks, because I don't want to get into all of this, but a lot of people don't like Chevy Chase in real life. He has, like, a very 50-50, like, he's, That's burned a nice. he's, he's burned a lot of bridges and yeah. stuff. He clearly has some allies, and I assume they're people from, you know, like, Dan Aykroyd's of the world. Yeah, you know, Dan Aykroyd, maybe, and that's it. People from the time when he came up. Does yeah. that make sense? Like those, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, yeah. Like, and the list there. Maybe Steve Martin. Like, maybe. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, uh, these are the kind of people I'm thinking of. Like, the, the people of Billy that... Billy Crystal. That ilk. Yeah. <laughs> like, any, yeah, like, like Billy Crystal Yeah, type? the people that, that were coming up then are probably his closest allies. Fair enough. But Chevy wound up doing okay. You know, I mean, he, he wound up having a continuing career, just never again at the height that he had in the no. 80s. Fox, on the other hand, I guess, apparently learned, Quinn, that late-night shows are not what they're meant to do. Their bread and butter at 11 p.m. is Seinfeld reruns and yeah. things like that for their affiliates. Absolutely. Give the affiliates the time and also do what you want. Also, their bread and butter is the 10 o'clock news, <laughs> yeah. not the 11. Do you know where your children are? Exactly. You know all that? Right. And I think, you know, what does this all mean, folks? Why do we do this? There's no deeper meaning. I just think it was a fun study, but I do think it proves... If you're a fan of the late night stuff, which I know a lot of our fans are because they were into the late night wars episodes we did. Yeah. I think it it proves that you need more than just, you know, wisecracking and a shot of former stardom to run a successful late night show. Yeah. You need to you need to work at this and pour your heart and soul into it, like Letterman, like Leno, like Conan yeah. and others. And it makes me appreciate those guys, the pillars. Obviously Johnny is goes without saying. It makes me appreciate all of them so much more. Yeah. You're right. I mean, like, really the biggest takeaway is that former stardom means absolutely nothing in the late night game. No. It means zero. It, zilch. it means nothing. I mean, and that kind of makes it interesting, too, because it, for the future of late night, right. uh, you know, beyond, you know, this show, you know, years in the future when it could be anybody. It could they, be. They could just catch fire, right? Conan O'Brien was a TV writer that got the job and look what that turned into. Right. You never know. But what do you think, everyone? Let us know. You can do that, of course, by reaching us at AWM Podcast on Twitter and joining our group. We hope you like this little discussion, this little run through the Chevy Chase show. Normally, like I said, we talk about things that are very memorable. Yeah. That is an acid-washed memory. We're, we're reminding you. That's exactly this. right. <laughs> and we're reminding you also to subscribe and leave us a review. And another reminder is that we will be back, of course, next week for something, don't worry, completely different. Until that time, we really do appreciate you being with us. Make sure you check out some Chevy Chase uh, show clips on YouTube. As much as you can endure. Yeah, it's probably six minutes, maybe yeah. max. Let us know how long you make it, folks. But really, thank you so much for being with us here. We hope you enjoyed this one. I'm Joe Morata, and that is Michael Quinn. We'll see you next time for more Acid Wash Memories. See ya. 
like what you heard? Be sure to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We will see you next week. Yeah.